Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 400 of Wolves Fancast. Now, I can't believe we're here either. Why people have kept listening, I've no idea. But thank you very much for listening, uh, if you are still after three seconds. We're at the Lichgate pub in the city centre of Wolverhampton, and we're here for episode 400. If you're a long-time listener or a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Uh, Andy and Matt are with me to start me off. Hello, hello gentlemen. Hello. How are you doing on this crisp Friday evening? It is crisp. It's very crisp, but the gin is helping, I'll be honest. Good. Yeah. Have you got a beer coat on? Yes. Well, Gin like coat, a gin yeah. coat, nice. <laughs> now, there's been a lot of conversations of recording of uh, other po- Wolves podcasts at the minute, and then what's happening is everybody says, "Oh, you know, you just like uh, people, you know, sitting in the pub doing a podcast." And I think, yeah, that's what I- this episode is, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So we just, thought, so we thought, you know what? Let's get out of the office. Let's um, get in the pub. Let's have some drinks and do the episode because it's always orange squash, and sometimes you get a bit sick of orange squash. Mm. <laughs> so maybe let's have a beer instead. Well, I'm glad that we're on first and. While we're two pints in, as opposed to potentially eight or nine yeah, pints that's in, that's right. Yeah, uh, you know, there's going to be no liable lawsuit landing on our door. I wouldn't have thought. Well, <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so on this podcast, we're not going to do uh, stuff that's been happening recently in the week. It's a winter break. If you're listening for some reason, months into the future, so we're not going to talk about Thelwell leaving or Man United or the January transfer window because you've. Everybody knows what's been going on by now with that one. So instead, we're going to do something called the story behind the story, where there's been key moments throughout the last 30 years at Wolves, um, and we want to hear fans' versions of those memories, of those points of view, because we might have watched the game live, we might have watched it on the telly, we might have had to follow it on teletext and be nervously anxious, sweaty hands, <laughs> waiting to see the score updates. But we want to kind of talk about what memories there were and things that people didn't realise happened to them when that game was going on, because everybody would have a different point of view. So we're going to do that as well. We're going to try and get some fancast memories as well for those die-hard long-term listeners as well. I'm sure listening into their drives today. Um, so yeah, and we might get a couple of old-school people on the show as well at some point. Uh, gents, we're going to talk firstly about one of the most iconic moments in recent Wolves history, and that is the playoff final in 2003 at the Millennium Stadium. Wolves 3-0 winners against Sheffield United. My right, first question, Andy, just a yes or no. Did you go to the Millennium Stadium and watch the game. Yes, yeah, so I was there. Matt, yeah. did you go to the stadium and watch the game? Uh, I did not. There we go. This is what, I, did and I didn't either. And I've got a story for that. Oh, wow. But, right. <laughs> so this is the point I was going So we did go to the game. What were your kind of memories of that game, of that day? Well, I, like going back before the game, actually, I, I quite remember. It was the first time I recall fans camping outside the Molyneux to get tickets. Okay. It was a good two or three days before they went on sale that people had set up tents around the, the ground. It's not like now where you just sit in your pants on the computer waiting well, for the ticket it, line yeah. to open. Yeah. But I would sort of figured out that it was probably going to be released on whatever day that it was released on. And I said to my mum, we, we need to get there early and get in the queue. So everyone else was like in their tents waiting. I was in the queue. I hadn't bothered queuing, like camping for three days. I just rocked up at 6am before everyone else woke up. And they all come out of the tent complaining about all these people here for tickets. We've been here for three days. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? It's terrible. So I remember doing that, then nipping over to Asda to get a, a bacon sandwich for mm-hmm. the morning. Nice. With brown sauce, obviously. Not barbecue sauce? No, no, brown no. sauce. Oh, okay. oh, not this conversation again. We can't <laughs> start this, this again. So you went to the new stadium, you had the day. Yeah. And it was, I presume, like we all... Well, watched or followed it. It was just as good as it was as incredible. We I remember we'd parked just outside Cardiff, and they were doing a, a ring and not a ring and ride, but they were doing a, a park and ride deal. 
So we parked up, got on this bus, got into the city centre, and I was walking through the city centre, and all of a sudden, I just felt this, I felt like a hand just slapping my shoulder, and I, I thought, oh, maybe it's my mum or my cousin. So I turned round to see what it was, and then I realised that a bird had shit on me. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's good luck, though. And this is what I was told, it was good luck, and... It, because that season, if I remember correctly, Sheffield United had got to the semi-finals of the FA Cup and the League Cup. They'd had a phenomenal season, oh, right, okay. if I remember correctly. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a tough game. But I'm thinking that that bird shit was the bit of luck that put us through. If that bird hadn't shit on your shoulder, that's it. What could have been, been different? What could different have world? Matt, how did you follow the game that day? What did you well, watch on the telly? Did you I follow it on teletext? What to give it? a bit of context, I've got to give a bit of context to this, unfortunately. Okay. So. Back, I was 13, coming on 14 at the time. Um, you wince, Andy, there, I know. <laughs> um, so I was an unruly teenager. I was one of the Grebos that used to hang out with the man on the horse uh, and or Subway. So used to be uh, an underage drinker, uh, the man on the horse, causing trouble and, and the like. But it was really considered uncool in my circle of friends to actually be into football at the time because we were into like heavy metal and and, <laughs> and and wrestling and such and such football was not in our spectrum at all so I would used to go uptown about about 12 o'clock noon um, I looked to the oldest I look 40 now and I'm 30 so back then when I was 13 <laughs> I, I was old enough to get served uh, so we'd, we'd I'd buy the alcohol for the day around, around midday and then we'd drink at the man on the horse Cause trouble, hang out, skate, and, and then that was it. You, you, you were drinking um, um, carbonated beverages, weren't you? you Car- were, carbonated yeah, beverages, yeah, yeah, carbonated yeah. apple-flavoured beverages. Apple tango's wonderful, Apple tango was just delightful back then. Yeah. Um, and because of that sugary, and we'd go and get that sugary yeah. high and then go home. Um, so what would happen is I went out, to, I went out uh, knowing the game was on, went out to town, normal thing, then ended up going home for my allotted home time, I am 13 at the time, and then trying to hide the fact that I've high on Apple Tango at home, and then watching the game on what I think was 107.7, well, listening on 107.7, The Wolf, I think it was at the well, time. yes, it was, wow. yeah. yeah. Um, because we had uh, Tele West Digital, was it, yes, back then? Yes, that was, yes. that so was we before didn't, we didn't, ITV Digital, was it? So I think ITV I think Digital so. went out of uh, commission the year before... That playoff final. There's a certain generation will get all this. <laughs> so and ITV I Digital, that generation. ITV Digital went out the year before the playoff final, uh, and then I think it was on Sky this year, I believe. But we didn't have Sky, so basically my my memory was listening to it on the Wolf, trying to stay awake and trying to hide from the fact of my mom that I'd been half cut at about three o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> See that game, right? So I, I had my first ever weekend job. I was 16. And my sister had got worked at um, a place called Gardenlands on the Bridge North Road. She got me a job there, my first job, and I worked in the aquatic bit, which is a fish bit basically. Right. It's a posh thing. Um, and that game came up, and it was bank holiday, and I just, I don't know why I couldn't get out of it, I don't know whether I had used all my holidays, whatever. So I had to work, and I was like, oh, I can't believe I've got to work. And my boss, you know, very kind at the time, said, Look, you know, you've got to work, but uh, when it's half time, you can go home and watch. It's like, Great, get in. So it gets to three o'clock, the place is dead. I mean, like, there's nobody there. And this is obviously, you, you weren't allowed to have a radio, there's no Twitter or anything, so I had no way to follow the game. So all I did was just pace. I was just <laughs> pacing everywhere, there was nothing to do. And I was like, oh, God, what's going on, what's going on? So it gets to around half-time, and I think I'm actually serving a customer. And my mum comes to pick me up, and uh, she's got a smile on her face. And I'm thinking, right, is that a smile that we're doing well, or is that a pity smile that, mm. oh, sorry, son, it's not going as you planned. 
So anyway, so she comes and I was like, what's the score? Oh, it's 2 0. My mind instantly thinks, oh, Sheffield United 2 0. And no, no, Wolves only 2 0. What? So get in the car. As they get in the car, turn the radio on. They've just scored the third. Get home. My, uh, my granddad are watching it. And then second half, Matt Murray, the penalty. And I was thinking, I've ruined it. I've jinxed oh, it. No. I've jinxed yeah. it. I've come home. And then obviously it carries on. I remember the rest of that game, my granddad kept going, oh, 12 minutes, they're going to score three goals. Oh, shut up, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it always bothered me to this day that I never got to watch the first half and yeah. all the goals. Because yeah. really, the second half, that was it. It was all done and dusted by after the Matt Murray. I think it's a universal opinion now. It was all done and dusted. Oh. And I remember just standing, but the full time we saw, me and my dad just dancing in the living room, having a big hug. Because it was, it was that moment, I don't know, we, we're probably part of the same generation where you grew up and you always had those years of the playoff semi-finals and losing and it was just that thing, relief of we've done it, yeah. we've finally done That's it. That's it, I was there at the Bolton and Crystal Palace, all the heartache, Norwich, it was just awful constantly being let down at the last possible minute in these playoffs. And I remember at half-time being 3-0 up and still not feeling confident. Yeah. Some, I vaguely remember us playing. I think everyone felt like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Man, um, I remember Sheffield United coming back from three 0 down to draw in three all before yeah. against us. So even at that point, I was like, three 0 is not enough. And as soon as we conceded that penalty, I just thought, we're going to screw this up now. Yeah. And as soon as Murray saved that penalty, that was the first time I knew we were going to actually yeah. win this game. Mm. That's the. I think that's one of the few times I've cried at a football game. Was that penalty save? I was just like, we're actually going to do this yeah. after all this time. There's no way we can screw it up now. Well, no, <laughs> it was. It was just utter elation. I've never felt anything like it. I don't know whether you guys found it after full time because obviously I, you know, I was at home. You, you know, you were in Cardiff. You were at home as well. The next couple of days, if I dr- if I was with my dad and we drove away, there were always some kids on a roundabout with a flag. <laughs> looking for people to beat the horns and I used to be like yeah dad go on beat the horn but it was just legit, like getting the pull out from the Express and Star of all the pictures of people celebrating in the yeah. pubs and yeah. that well there was really um, so I lived at that time lived on the main streets of Whitmarines at that time <laughs> so there was quite a lot of like in street kind of people were like out from the pubs and like there was a party atmosphere around where we lived at the time after, after the game yeah it was really really exciting the only thing I can compare it to is when England won the Rugby World Cup. It was a similar kind of atmosphere around Wolverhampton and, and yeah. in Marines at the time. Yeah. Really bizarre, actually, because I'd never really seen that around like where I used to live before, but people were kind of out in their droves celebrating. It was really, really something. Yeah, I remember the drive back from, from Cardiff, and there was just this sea of people with their flags hanging out. The window. It, was just, it was just almost like the most perfect day. Yeah. The sun was shining. There were flags hanging out the windows. Everyone had a smile on the face. It was like everything was right with the world just for that that one brief moment. I'm gonna ask what can I ask one question though. When you were there and you were celebrating, did at any point it ever cross your mind thinking, how will we do next season? God no, that, no, no, no. Didn't think twice about it. It's the issues in the moment, aren't you? you yeah. yeah, it was very much we're here now. We've been waiting nearly twenty years to get to this point. And we were finally there. And that's all you wanted was just to to drink in that moment. My me- one memory of watching it on the telly afterwards and all the players celebrating, I don't know why, it's never mentioned, never seen anyone mention it, is the players are around the pitch and uh, there's a camera right by Nathan Blake. And Nathan Blake goes to the camera, he says something like, I've got two tickets to the show, baby, I've got tickets to the show. <laughs> and I think a player on the playoff game 
the previous day had done the same, so I think he was copying it for some reason. I always remember that. I'm thinking, remember that. why has no one remembered that? No, sorry. <laughs> the right. only thing I remember was Sir Jack being yes. pictured in the stand. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of the most iconic images of our club. Yeah. And it will be for, for a long time. Forever, it? yeah. it's, oh, it's amazing. It was a fantastic day. Mm. And that's what the show is about, is trying to get these different angles. You know, whether it was me having to work, uh, Matt, well, drinking your carbonated soda okay, yes. at the Man on the Horse, or being there, that's what we're trying to get out of here. We're going to talk about some more games. You're, back, you're going to be back later on the show, gents, in a second. Yes. So we're going to pass over to a couple more people. While let's set up the next bit, of course. Uh, the next bit we're going to do is uh, a double header of Forest in the 2008-2009 uh, season. Wolves won 5-1 at home. We're coming on, coming on, coming on. Coming. Oh, there's a bit of a lull. There's a bit of a lull. It's all got a bit quiet all of a sudden. Now, the, now, the, now this is where the big boys play. This yes. is where these two guys oh, play. Oh, uh, So guys, we're just setting up the fact that we're doing the double-headed with Forrest. Uh, 5-1 at home at the start of the 08-09 season. It was just like a moment where we thought, hang on, I think we're, we're going to do this now. And then later on the season, we had the 1-0 away um, win against uh, Forrest with Kylie's goal. That 5-1 win, really. Like, firstly, uh, Ryan, were you at the game? I was at the game, was yes. The game. Adam, were you at the game? I was present, yes. You were present at the present, game? Yes, present what were and your, correct. What were you, from where you were, what were your memories of that game? That feeling that, as the goals went in? I only remember one of, the go- one of all of our goals, actually. But that was Jarvis sprinting like he does down the wing and uh, crossing it for Iwalumo to smashing uh, top corner. I mean, I think we were like falling up at half-time, weren't we? It was, it was ridiculous. But you know what? I mean... Everyone has like a game early on in the season where you think that that's it. That's a confirmation that we're going yep, up. Yeah. Like this, like for Nuno's year, it was when we beat Derby. Yes. Yeah. This was this was like the one for me, and probably it was the same for everyone else. To be fair, we we, we play Forest, absolutely obliterated them. And to me, I just thought that's it. May as well just hand it over now. Just give, just, just give just us give the it title to now. It's it's done. <laughs> and I, and I think that's the thing, really. I think it was it was early on in the season, and it was kind of into. A way of playing where you had the defined wingers, you had Kitely, you had Jarvis, you had Alumo, uh, Alumo and, and Blake. And it was one of those games where you couldn't catch your breath because we were so, so dominant. So for me, as a start of the season, and I listen back to a lot of interviews now and about the, the players and they, they talk about how they, they were so on board thinking, this is our moment, we're going to have a good season here. And that was a clear indication against a decent Forest side that we absolutely tore them apart. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, guys, I mean, Jarvis and Kitely in his prime, and we'll come into that in terms of the season highlights. But those two as, as, as defined wingers and a classic Mick 4 4 2 was fantastic. I have to say as well, I, I probably, I'm probably not, not on my own with this, but how surprised I was with Iwalumo. Because yeah, yeah. when he signed, we signed him for about, what, 400 grand or something from Charlton. That was like for me uh, a rhetorical shoulder shrug. Yeah. Like, he I, felt like he was mm. going to be like a squad player. Yeah, it's yeah. like well, I don't really wasn't really impressed with him, but I think before he got his injury, he was ahead of Ebanks Blake, wasn't he, with goal scoring? Yeah. And it was just it was it was just amazing. I think I remember like he got he's got his break in the League Cup game, didn't he? He scored twice, and Mick just went, "All right, in you go. See you get on." And every go- every goal he was scoring along alongside Ebanks Blake. I mean that duo was incredible really. You know, up until yeah. I think was it about the, about Christmas time and then they had a bit of a we had that December period where we didn't win but stayed top for some strange reason. And they yeah. just they went off and then obviously after that they they carried on. 
for me it was it was partnerships it was Jarvis and Kitely as the wingers and it was those two up top who complemented themselves and you're right I think as, as we've seen with many players we've brought in over the years with Uwalumo it was kind of like he's a bit of a journeyman did we really need him does he really fit but he was the perfect foil and obviously he went on to an international call up with a bit of notoriety with his famous sitter that he missed and uh, yeah. but it, that was I think he'll talk about it's been the prime of his career so yeah, we, uh, there's so many highlights we'll touch on this season, but I think the Forest game, particularly at home, being so early, was a kind of like, we're here, we've got a defined way of playing, and um, you know we're going to really be in for uh, contention. I seem to remember us scoring all six goals as well. So I think Stearman got an own goal, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Do you have any other memories of that game in particular, following it from the stands at all? Or I think really in terms of that home game was just a, a real feel like, I was sitting with my dad at the time. We had a season ticket uh, for a number of years. We were in the Billy Wright stand. And I was like, we're here. This is a, this is a team. You know, we, he's, 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 you know we, we were kind of faulted in the previous year. And it was like, yeah, we're on our way, even at such an early start, really. I think I just remember the South Bank being just just overwhelming, just an overwhelming emotion, just delirium, really, because it was still relatively early in the season. We're all still in our T-shirts. Sun was out and we just a goal was being scored every like 10 15 minutes just ridiculous and we just thought i think we're in for a good season here I really do because we had because i think we that that game showed that we had got everything we got everything the team we got everything and i just remember goal after goal after goal people just laugh after the fourth goal went in we're just laughing that's just how that's how ridiculously good we were that day we're just just laughing how good we were see i um i was trying to wrap my mind why i couldn't remember this home game it was because and it literally occurred to me about 10 minutes ago because i was working there's gonna be a theme with this podcast about where i was with some of these wolves games <laughs> i was working at bhs here in, in the city centre ah, okay. um, and i was on lunch break and i thought okay i'll check what the score is refreshing bbc sport 2 no that's very good 3 no bloody hell 4 nil. bloody hell what's going on here then and then when we, I think I went back to work again it's that time where you couldn't really have your phones at work or anything so that was it and then as I was leaving work I saw some fans walk past so what was the score and I was, I was 5-1 I was like yeah whatever it was 5-1 I was like bloody hell yeah 5-1 it was just yeah. incredible the question Dave is what department of BHS were you working in uh, I was working in the customer services bit, the lighting department. The returns. Oh. The ret- <laughs> it was the returns <laughs> and the lighting. So yeah. I, I always enjoyed that walk through in the Manda Centre. Yeah, I like that. Well. It was, you know what? Were good walk it was the best. It was my last part-time job for I did full, you know, proper full-time work, and it was probably one of the, still to this day it is probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. The people there were great, and I, when the news came that they shut down the whole bench, I always felt sad thinking that was a great job. I had. Anyway. We, anyway, we could, we could do a whole podcast. We could do a whole podcast about the high street, but about the retail industry. Yeah. Uh, Don't let, get me on more worse with the bigger <laughs> mix. Then oh, we'll get emotional. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, the return leg of that, and that was a one 0 away win against Forest Kitely with the goal. And I know a lot of people say about the Derby game that that was the moment that was right. We've done it. We're through. But there was almost that sense with the Forest game that hang on a second. I think we're nearly there now. Kitely gets this goal, gets the win. Did you, did, you, did you both go to that game on that day? We both had a, a weekend in Nottingham. Ooh, and overnight. So not just us. There was about, but so I think about seven of us weren't there. Oh, all, I thought it was going to be a nice yeah. uh, romantic we all, weekend. We all took over a, a travel lodge on the outskirts of town. And um, I remember that being like a really nice day as well. It was, it was, yeah. just like you say, it was getting on towards the end of the season. Really nice day. Um, we'll get on to the, the night out in a minute, I suppose. But the match itself, yeah, you know, it wasn't... We didn't play the best, did we? But 
found a way to grind it out. And again, when when that I think we scored with only about 15, 20 minutes left. It was quite a late goal, yeah. yeah. And um, I think Kite Lid said recently on his old OGC appearance that he wasn't, we didn't play great, didn't play great. But as soon as that goal at the back of the net, we just thought we get it, we're getting there now. We are, we're really, really getting close to to the finishing line for us now just, just that little extra at that point in the season just getting over his little hurdles because I think if you remember we've been through a bit of a bad patch and then it was yeah come on we're nearly there nearly there now and, and I think for me what's interesting when we we make the comparison between the two games here you've got a game at the start of the season a 5-1 you're dominant and then as Price has referenced there game we were awful really I mean I, I, my memories of the game was a good friend of ours Ed got the tickets and he got them really early as he always Stood. He's someone who gets tickets really early. So you think if you get your tickets early, you're going to get good seats. <laughs> and we had a crossbar view. So my, I don't know if anybody's ever been as a away game and you get one of those low seats and you literally you're watching the crossbar all game. Yeah. So my view of the game wasn't particularly great. <laughs> but as we said, it wasn't a particularly good game. But for me, it was kind of and it's probably a bit cliche. The I feel that if you play badly and win, then you're going to go somewhere. And I think you talked about earlier. We'd gone on a bad run over Christmas where we weren't really picking the points, playing particularly well. And this, for me, was a game which was like, well, okay, we grind out 1-0 away from home, then we can show we can do both. We can dominate games, but also we can sneak a a point and, as Mick would say, you know, pinch their pockets and and get a win. Now, before we transition on to the next bit, you need to tell us, the listeners, about this night out. What happened on this famous night out? So you've set my expectations, by the way. So we um, we all we all donned our shirts, didn't we? Yeah. And we went out on the town, and um, you know, you get we these weren't allowed in hooters, but that's another story. <laughs> no. You know, like when you when you go around town, you get these girls with like the uh, the placard saying "Join out," you know, coming yeah, to, to our club tonight yeah, yeah. and get a discount so for three drinks or something. I yeah. just happened I just happened to be talking to one of those for a minute, and um, I got separated from the group and. Uh, one of my best men on the wedding actually came running, running up after me to grab me, give me a bear hug, turned around and started running with me in a bear hug, took about five paces and fell flat. So my head smacked off oh, this cobbled road. Okay. Cut the top of my head open. I was turned out I was mildly concussed. Anyway, uh, one of our other friends was with us who happened to be a physio. Just took one look at it, ran off. Bought two bottles of water from uh, I don't know, like a Mr. Uh, Nottingham's equivalent of Mr. Sizzle, <laughs> <laughs> and basically just tipped these bottles of water off the back of my head, washed all the blood off, just t- just pat pat him down and said, "Yeah, you're all right, carry on." And I remember us queuing up to get into Oceana with the bloodstained collars, oh. like turning it over so they wouldn't see it to get into Oceana. Wake up next morning with a raging headache and a bloodstained pillow. But um, I'm hoops up. Could probably pick up the next part of the story with their air mate who decided to take over. Said travel lodge, didn't they? We we stopped at a local travel lodge and um, we basically nearly got kicked out the travel lodge because when we got back to the travel lodge in the early hours, we noticed nobody had got any. Um, There's nobody on reception, so we decided to, travel lodge, decided yeah. basically to to be reception. So at one point. I, reception right yeah <laughs> at one point I decided to get the uh, little trolley out with the, with the towels you got the laundry trolley wasn't the laundry, it? The laundry trolley, trolley and I was, pre- oh, and I, was I was manning the phones 
and then another friend of ours jumped over the counter and was giving keys out to people that were coming back on a night out. And then I remember the next day as well, which kind of come to me, it was Mother's Day weekend, oh, yeah. <laughs> and there was probably about 12 of us, and obviously, Nottingham's finest were looking forward to taking their mothers out for Mother's Day, and we went to the local to- Toby Carvery, and they were all being turned away, because there was us, Kunkus Head over here, and 12 of us, taking all the tables up, and having the on, on the weekend, so... Not, let's hope Forrest come up again and we can repeat it maybe but we'll see less damage we'll see right we're going to move on with people Adam you're staying with us Jordan's got his mic Jordan's with us now he's here uh, right we're going to talk about uh, in general Wolves' 2008-2009 promotion season uh, and we're going to look back very quickly as well at that that promotion game the 1-0 win against QPR when Ebanks Blake got that goal uh, but in general the season in general Jordan though what an incredible season What any standout memories for you in terms of how you view games? Did you go to games? Did you have to view them nervously on teletext? Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. I think in my years of being a Wolves fan, this season was actually my favourite ever, and that's including the Nuno era now. I literally thought you were going to say, this is the one season I never followed Wolves at all. <laughs> Get out! No, no, no. And I think, and I mean, it probably raised a few eyebrows, I'm saying. It's my favourite season ever, but... I was at the age where I was um, just turned like sort of 16, 17, so I had my home season ticket and I started going uh, to some of the away games on the, the travel club as well, sneaking into like the Weatherspoons when we Coach were at the team. QPR, getting, getting your little pints of calling, getting like one of the dads to get you a drink and stuff. And for me, it was just so and many By a drink, memories. you mean a carbonated beverage? I wish I did, but no, I do mean that like, one of the calling kind, I believe. But the non-alcoholic calling <laughs> was not calling zero. Yeah, for legal purposes, and if my mum's listening, yes. Yeah, not so alcohol-free. But yeah, absolutely, this was sort of my favourite season following Wolves, and the reason for that, or the main reason for that is that not a lot was really expected of us at the start of that season. Like, Yes, we had seen a bit of improvement under the McCarthy years, and you know, from that squad inherited of the Rowan Ricketts and the Jamal Johnsons and all that sort of stuff where we were scraping by you could actually see that I think this was like his second full season I think I think it was like he'd done a season and a half before that I mean, McCarthy, this is third, third season, maybe, third season yeah. so we just missed out on the playoffs by goal difference goal, was it yeah. Yeah. yeah so you sort of could see his philosophy starting to take place in that where I know um, Hoops has just mentioned about the Kitely and the Jarvis combination Ebanks Blake Iwilumo um, even like going further that like you know you had that partnership with Carl Emery and Dave Jones which was yeah. you know the, ever consistent it was, not, the, you know, it was Neves and Matinho of its time wasn't it absolutely yeah, yeah. almost as good as well almost um, but yeah Dave Jones was one of my favourite Wolves players growing up just because she had a bit of a wand of a left foot really I think he was very much an underrated player that we had at the time um, in terms of sort of like specific games I suppose from that season that stand out um, Preston away was one of my first ones I remember um, Iwalumo getting his hat trick and getting sent off yes. uh, <laughs> and the overrated re- as well really it? really strange uh, was that the game where um, Shackle went in goal was it I believe it was yeah I think he went in goal near the end so of the game so it all transpired I think we used their subs he got sent off I can't remember what happened Hennessy got sent off as well or something but I just didn't remember Shackle going in goal yeah, I think it was that game and uh you know, sort of. I know we've always spoke about sort of Forest at home um, being like a big pivotal game, um, and so they like to say sort of Preston was a big memory of mine. There's obviously the odd game in between all that, um, Derby away that we've spoke about as well, um, and sort of in preparation of this, the sort of at the moment I'm moving out, um, and I was going through some old like programs and clippings and stuff. So I got a double-sided picture 
of the Derby 3-2 game with Keogh with his shirt off and noticed yeah. that the two players hugging him have a, I bet you wouldn't know well I could give anyone 500 quid without seeing the photo two players hugging him uh, Harewood no but you're on the right track Shekel no Folks. no and oh so let's, let's go through the entire squad <laughs> No, Kyle Reed. Kyle Reed was one. Yeah, there you go. And Marlon Hayward. No. Oh, Nigel Quashy. No. I'll tell you the other one. Matt Hill. Matt so Hill. Yeah. This photo of Keo with his shirt off, like saying, you know, I think that was the game that we got promoted on near enough. That was it. He was basically confirming yeah. that, wasn't it? And yeah. this is Keo in pure edulation over his face with his shirt off, with Kyle Reed and uh, Matt Hill giving him a hug. So I thought, well. That's a real saver's item, that is. <laughs> I, well, I always remember, well, the only thing I remember that that Derby game, and I don't know why I always remember this, is that picture. Because Keogh looking as ripped as hell, thinking, wow. I mean, where's that come from? He, a bit like Thor, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah he <laughs> definitely hasn't been eating the carbs as a Keogh. No, no. He's been starving himself or he's been, you know, doing some weights. <laughs> uh, we'll talk quickly about that QPR game in a second. But, Adam, apart from what we talked before about Forrest, Home and away. Memory-wise, the following games throughout that season, is any, anything else that sticks out at all for you? Well, I mean, do you know why? It was such a great season because we went like nine-game winning streak. We might have lost one, then just went and won another, another nine straight. It's ridiculous. But w- one of my away day memories um, was in the, the dodgy December and January patch. I know, yeah, sorry, yeah. It, it was February because um, a mate of mine who ended up being my, one of my best men we spent Valentine's Day Burnley away the most romantic city in the one world. of the most romantic places you can go to sounds um, nice one of one of Nigel Quasi's three games for Wolves and um, we lost 1-0 and it was as bad as it sounds like we were really bad and the game was bad Nigel Quasi was bad everything was bad and just to cheer myself up I bought a copy of Razzle from a service station on the way home <laughs> just because I thought it was the best and then, and then who should walk into the service station but Robbie Savage so I just sat down next to him and just blatantly like, trying to get his attention by reading Razzle next to him he wasn't impressed as most people aren't Dave to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a shining light uh, Derby was obviously a great one because we, went, we were sat like row B or C, right in that corner flag where that Keogh celebration yeah, was. Yeah. And the, a friend of mine was with us at the time, his legs were literally spring activated. As soon as that ball hit the net, he jumped off his seat like like his springs were like activated. He leapt over rows B and A. He jumped off his seat <laughs> from C. He leapt and went over B and A. And he was, he was like literally begging to go on the pitch, like wanting to get involved. It was fantastic. And then obviously, I guess most people will know Barnsley away because. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy dress was the order of the day. I think, I think I went in. Our group went in super Mick T-shirts with the S, like the Superman logo. Uh, we ended up in some Barnsley working men's club before the game, like drinking <laughs> pints for about one ninety nine each. Um, others were all in like Hawaiian outfits and yeah. everything. And then, of course, he was at the end of the game. He was on the pitch. Oh. I remember that picture of Mick. It was, like, it was a still, but it looks like Mick's trying to kill one of the pitch invaders. Oh it comes yeah, up yeah. To him. It was great. Um, and just quickly on QPR, because I think we've touched on some good memories there. Promotion, it was a lovely sunny day. There was a part of the atmosphere. We got promotion. I'm going to come to you in a second, Adam, because I know that there's a, maybe something, maybe not about that game. But Jordan, 
your memories did you go to that game first yeah yeah so I was there and obviously on the pitch at the end of the of the game you pitch invader yeah, I know. breaking the law I told you this is when I was you know 16, 17 I thought it was fantastic I thought right I'm, look, you've got to remember like any Wolves team I'd seen you know I was born in 1991 there's been a lot of misery up to that time other than 2003 being a bit of a blip um, you know so yeah straight on the pitch you know enjoy my 30 seconds in the sun I guess on the Molyneux turf and uh yeah, it was just just such a party and carnival atmosphere, and like like I say, other than that, other than the 2003 season, that playoff final, it was actually nice to go through a season with Wolves where it's pretty much sealed before we'd, uh, you know, before the last game of the season. Typically, it's always now by, and we tend to lose out on goal if it's by a goal or you know, then pesky neighbours down the road are breaking our hearts in the playoffs. You know, it's so it was actually nice just to be able to go to the game, enjoy it, relax it, and take it all in and. Yeah, it was such a fantastic occasion. And like I say, it wasn't necessarily underdogs, but at the start of the season, we probably weren't the favourites to go up in that season. But as you could tell from the, the way the season went on and, you know, some of the players and the, some of the football we played, you know, we rightly, you know, rightfully deserved to go up in that season. I don't know. You were saying before, did you actually, you, you say you may have no memory of this game whatsoever? Uh, barely, no. <laughs> um, I, I just think, and the reason why because I think after that game we just went into the corner shop and just bought loads of spirits and stuff fair enough fair enough yeah. um, well, like George you know when I was on the pitch and all that I've, and I only know this because there's photos of it after the event I don't remember doing it <laughs> to be honest uh, I do look a bit glazed over on the photos anyway but for, I think for some reason we could we, I mean I guess everyone must have been out after the post game so we couldn't get into bars yeah. or just didn't want to there's, there's a corner shop, isn't there, just after uh, Raw London? So we just piled into there, just got some spirits, just like commoners, drinking on the street, spirits and all sorts. So my memories, <laughs> I only look at photos. No See, that, that game, um, I was working at Beacon on the sports show, so I was having to edit all the highlights of that game, and I was the only Wolves fan in that office of eight. Right, so when, okay. Wolves, when it was full-time Wolves, when I did this, like, yes! And then everyone was just silent. They weren't bothered. And I was like, all oh, right, okay, I'll carry on. Just editing all the um, interviews afterwards. And then we took, me and my mate already arranged to go up town that night anyway. So the town was absolutely buzzing. A mate of ours was a Newcastle fan, and it was the day they also got relegated for the first time. Oh, the, she- the Shearer. Yeah, the yeah. Villa. So he was utterly depressed. The whole of the town was fantastic. And I always remember going to Blastoff afterwards and going to the loo at the urinals, as you do, and then just... It was one of those things where you could just start a chant and then everyone just carries yeah. on. It was such a good atmosphere. I'll never leave you there, Dave. I was in blast off that night as well. We, you might have carried on, not the chant that I started. Quite possibly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. A beacon radio, though. What a, what a blast from the past. I know, yeah. Was there Dr. Fox there at the uh, time? No, it was the goal zone with uh, goal Tom zone. Ross. Yeah, All right, okay, we've got more memories to talk about. We've got the usual fan cast quiz and that coming up, and we're going to do that after the break in a second now. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website, I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website, 
and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Now, I'm going to pass mics over to Rich. He's handing money out. Oh, he's got the fancast kitty out. Look, he's handing that money out. He doesn't know what I'm saying here. Here we go, Rich. Rich, take the mic. You're handing out the fancast kitty. Sorry, I know. I'm, I'm being too generous. So Stu is coming around as well. Stu's got his point. I need to ask Stuart an important question. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It is Fancast 400. We're sitting about 400 episodes here at the Litchgate Tavern in the city centre. Thank you very much to the Litchgate for letting us be here as well. Stu, um, important question for you first. Before we get on to this game, which is Wolves' one little win away against Cardiff, um, what number point are you on? Foot in here all day. <laughs> that, that is just telling. I, I don't think we need to know anymore, yeah. but we do. So okay, let, let's, let's break it down. In here, in here. Um, I think, I think this is the third and third. And in general, is it the third? I, think you've had le- I mean, you had, you've had at least two since I got here, <laughs> and you were here well before me. Yeah, I, I had two. This, this, is, this is your second. So. Yeah, yeah. This is the third in here. And it's the fifth of the day. Okay, but fifth is of the it, day. It's Friday afternoon. We're having a time check, uh, a yeah. point check on how many points you have yeah. tonight. Right, it's a Friday it's a, afternoon. It's a Friday. Uh, <laughs> it's, right. it's almost like I'm stereotyped. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to talk about uh, Wolves' one nil away win against Cardiff in that promotion season under Nuno. It was a crazy game. Not only just never score another wonderful free kick, but in five minutes of injury time, Wolves give away two penalties, and both the rivals saves or missed. And it's it's basically needed the game that confirms Wolves' promotion back to the Premier League. Firstly, Stu, just yes or no? Did you go to the game? Yes, you did. Rich, did you go to the game? I didn't. No, no. Did you follow it? I did. How did you follow it? Did you follow it on the telly, I, Twitter. I, I watched it on a. Less than legal stream. Um, I was in the process of moving house. No, you you paid your Sky bill and you watched it legally on the telly, I presume. If that's what you want to tell Mr Murdoch, fine. <laughs> yeah. but, you know. <laughs> and my overriding memory of the game is the stream being 30 seconds behind and it being okay, a solid yeah. 30 seconds behind. Now, we'll touch on to in a bit how some incidents happened very close to one another which kind of confused me when you're watching a game live on the stream and also getting notifications on a phone. So I got really confused with the penalties because I wait, wait, what order is all this happening? And uh, just... Uh, it Just messed with your head, basically. I was going to say, it was genuinely one of the most nerve-wracking ends to a game that I think I've ever experienced in terms of... Uh, you know the ups and the downs of it I I can't quite remember a game anywhere like that I don't think you'll find that in football for a very long time that five minute period two penalties one team thinks they'll win it they think they win it and then they save penalty and they think they win it and then just straight away there's another penalty it's due from the stands I mean I can imagine but (laughs) it must have been every single emotion possible it was incredibly surreal I mean it's one of them things even now 
is what two, nearly, nearly three years later, where you think you're thinking about it and you, it's I can remember every single se- the first half nothing whatsoever, can't remember a single thing about the first half at all, but then you, remember the, the Neves free kick where for some reason everyone in that way end expected him to score. Yeah, it's really weird because like I, I I watched the sort of highlights of it um, before today, and like nothing happened in the first half. It was terrible. Just like you know. Both teams kind of went about their pace, and then all of a sudden, the second half, the game started to open up. And he said he'd had a couple of sort of decent free kicks in the campaign, so he scored one against Brentford as well. And there was just that level of expectation over. It was a big moment in a big game, our star player, and it was like it's, it, it is. You know, it's written, it's scripted that he's going to score this, and it's going to be the game winner. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like you said. He hadn't. He scored a few, but again, he wasn't prolific from free kicks. And there was something about that game. Everyone was, no one was really up for it. Saying, "Yeah, we, we're going to batter them because we got." A, we, I think we had a terrible record at that stadium as well. Before I, I think we'd won once, and that was a one nil the, the year or the year before. And he, st- he stepped up, and I. I I said to Blake, that's a different story altogether, that young Blake experienced that day. Um, but we, um, everyone stood there, and I turned to him and said, this is in this. Is. And then you had that kid said, Ruben Neves! <laughs> and his, his nice little young Welsh boy voice on his, uh, on his vlog later on. And as soon as he went up, it's still, it was limbs of the season, if you want to rank it like that. You've got a story, um, I know we said it at the live show, um, but Blake, who might be known by listeners, is an American listener who came over to Wolverhampton uh, from America. And he went to this game, and he's got a bit of a travel story. Yeah, it, it'd been, actually, funny enough, I met him for the first time in here, in the Litchgate. <laughs> right, okay. And okay. I'd, re- I'd read his story about coming over here to study in Wolverhampton um, so he could watch Wolves. And I arranged to meet him in here because I thought he might be a bit of a lunatic. So, safe space. Um, but for that game, he'd gone home for spring break. And for some reason, he decided that he still wanted to come back and go to the Cardiff away game. So, he booked his flight. Um, he changed his travel plans to get to that game. He flew from LA to London, got a train from London to Cardiff. Met me. I mean, I'd given him his ticket before, but he left his, his overnight bag from the plane on the coach um, in the coach park going in the, in the ground he hadn't been by the time kickoff started he'd been awake for 28 hours I don't know how you would even compute just to watch Wolves versus just Cardiff. to watch Wolves away at Cardiff if you want a super fan there's your super fan I was going to say like, <laughs> and then <laughs> and you had Scott who was with me that day who chickened out on drinking whatsoever sat on a bench drinking orange juice and then Blake turns up over a day without sleep humiliating and then when that free kick goes in I was the one jumping on him he was more energetic than me <laughs> it was just incredible and then that last five minutes was you think the first the first penalty you think well that's just silly it's clumsy and you think oh, we've still got to draw from this and then it's saved and everyone goes crazy and then Cav loses his, his mind and I remember fully. I threw my wallet on the floor. <laughs> <'Cause it was laughs> why, what, sorry, why your wallet? Because I don't like. Is it because you wouldn't wear your hat? <laughs> I, 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 I'm not giving any money to this club anymore. <laughs> I hadn't committed to bald club at that time. I'd also, I still had hair. So 
but because I'd jumped all over Blake in the first place, my wallet had, like started oh, to come. So out, still it, yeah. it started to come out of my pocket, so I was rearranging my pockets, putting it back in. They give a penalty. Well, for fuck's sake, they threw it on I mean, the floor. Like, it's, a, it's mad because it's so rare to sort of see two penalties kind of given effectively one after the other. There was like a, another phase of play, sort of. But the stupid thing is, they were both clear penalties. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like that, that, it's like part of me wanted to feel like this great injustice, you know, especially like the first one, it was saved. It was, you know, you know what? We've got justice has been served. And you get the second one, it's like, oh, clearly they're against you. It's like, yeah, no. Like, Cavalero just doesn't quite know how to defend in the penalty box. Yeah, there was there was none of that, like, everyone against Wolves situation. There was none of that scenario. I mean, because it was. You could, even from where we, we were, the complete opposite end of the ground from where it happened to. And it was clear, both of them were clear as day. And it was one, it was just, it was frustration to then turn to, and I said that the state that Scott was in, he still didn't move for the second penalty save. He was that ill. For the second one, Blake jumps on me, and Blake is probably about eight stone wet through. <laughs> I just he just, knocked me over. That. Just remember watching that, and just I don't. I hope I never have to experience that range of emotions again in a yeah. football match because it's just it, it, you can hear. You know, we hear these stories of studies of people saying you know football can be bad for you. I, think, I mean, that five minutes really proves that football <laughs> can be bad for you. It was. I mean, it was, I was going to say it's as close as. I've experienced a penalty shootout in a league fixture. <laughs> <laughs> like that, 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 do you know what I mean? Like, I remember, right, I, I mean, I watch a lot of football, you know, um, on TV or whatever, and usually sort of by myself. But, you know, I don't tend to celebrate the goals that much unless they're big. And I only sort of realised how significant they are when England played in the World Cup. Um, a couple of years back and we beat Colombia on penalties and like I celebrated the penalties it's literally just me celebrating by myself <laughs> and like my wife's in the corner is going what? what's going on like every time you go come on because Kieran died not Kieran died Eric died scuffed a penalty <laughs> yeah but like you know that sheer like you say that double dip emotion you, you, you just can't experience unless it's in a knockout game and penalties. Well, that that whole thing is. I mean, I've had that for the first time this season with the European away games. Mm. With me going to pretty much every single game home and away for the last 15, 20 years, and not going away in Europe, having to watch it on telly for the first time. Yeah, I've watched every single one at home on my own. So yeah. I don't like being around people watching it on telly because no. they piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's one of the things. Cause well, I was going to say, do you celebrate how, uh, just how the Besiktas game? The Besiktas game on knee sl- on knee across my living room floor <laughs> on my own with no one else in the room. See, I've got in trouble, and I did. I, I won't tease out the next section. Don't worry. But I know I've in the last few months while having a baby daughter. Set, um, when we played Man City and we were two 0 down. When Traore scored, I was holding Isabel and went, come on, and terrified the life out of her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, 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 that will happen. I think, why don't we get into the Siktas now in a second? We've got other people to come on. Uh, Ben's here, John, grab a mic, come over here. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, move around, move around. So, uh, John Meek, Moving if around. you're a long-time fan listener, is back with us tonight. It's probably the first time he's been on the show for yeah, years. Yeah, why not? 
We're talking about Besiktas, John. You've actually went, so that makes sense. So come round, come round, join round, gather round, Benjamin. We'll pass the microphone round. This is so organised, isn't it? This is why we're evening. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the final in our kind of story behind the story is a uh, Besiktas away, 1-0. Wolves go to Turkey in their first, pro- well, first away proper game in the Europa League this season. And a willy-bolly goal right at the end gives Wolves that win. Now, I followed this on telly. Benjamin, I presume you followed this on telly. Did. Richard, I presume I you followed did. this. But some people actually went over to Turkey, didn't they? What can t- Tell us, when, when that moment happens, John, when Bolly scores that goal, from your perspective, what was that like? Because I presume you or the people around you were just... Are we, ex- are we giving, sorry to interrupt, so are we giving John a bit of a backstory here? I was going to say, I don't think you can just go to him here. For the 400th episode, you've got to give a little bit of historical backstory, in my opinion. I'm sure, I'm sure that yeah. not, there's a, so many long-time listeners that know John I mean, I'm sure everyone has listened to 400 episodes. But, <laughs> but just in case they don't, and we're going to talk about this after the Besiktas bit. Uh, John was a long-time fancast pundit, as it were, on the show for many years. It was just me and John. It was, it was. It was, just, it was, the it was just the two of us. Just two of us with a little microphone. In, in, in your mum's dining room. Yeah. I wonder where that phrase comes from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about Fancast members in a sec. But John, from the, the the away end in Istanbul, it's peeing out for a draw. That moment happens. What do you? Is the, is the mindset like? I can't. Like, it's a draw to. Oh my god, we we've just beaten Besiktas. Yeah, it was it was a, a, a strange one. That ten minutes before the end, um, we we sat there nil nil away Besiktas. You're like, great, great result. We'll take that. We'll go to our, we'll go to the home games. Win the home games. And then Sice's goal was disallowed. We'd done the whole jumping round and then flagged it for offside. If VAR had been there, it probably wasn't offside, but we'll, we'll forget about that. And then we're like, okay, we'll take nil-nil. Fine, happy, happy. Great day out, great holiday. And then uh, the ball falls to Neves on the edge and we're up in the top corner with some weird netting in front of us. It made it a really weird view. Um, and then you, all you could see was Bolly was unmarked in the middle and you're like, it fell to him, he controlled it and he scored. And there was a silence. Like it went, the ground went silent, and suddenly the wall signs just went mental because you—it you, was just—it was—it's indescribable almost how good. So we were jumping around, hugging each other, um, just going mad. And then obviously the game finished, and we'd won. It was just—you couldn't believe that you'd sat and watched walls against Besiktas, who are a massive, massive team in Europe, yeah. but. It was indescribably good. And then after the game, back in Taksim Square, all the Wolves fans celebrating, all the Besiktas fans, to be fair, coming up, having photos. And it was a... The atmosphere on the day was the noise that Besiktas fans made. Because I think, obviously, on telly, you can see the ground was virtually empty. It was about, it was about half full. But the noise they were making was was indescribable. The Wolves fans at the start were singing, uh, singing Nude Out of Dream. And then after a while, they just gave up because the fans were so loud. You just couldn't hear yourself think, but to win that game was just so, uh, I was going to say, out of curiosity, why did you choose to go to that game? Because I, when the draw was made, and this was sort of before people realised about the Bratislava um, uh, ban, yeah. um, like a lot of people looked at the Besiktas game and was like, going to Turkey, not sure about that. Obviously, Braga, we've got the connections with the club. Slovakia's a pretty and going to Bratislava is a pretty easy connection to make. I, I was just why did you pick that one? Well, it was twofold. Uh, reason one was that my wife was on holiday the same week, so it was the Fair easy pass out. Good, good. But the second okay, reason <laughs> was um, that 
the draw came out and you looked at it and then I looked on Wall's Twitter which is a often talked phrase Wall's Twitter and there's a lot of anti Bishop Tass yeah. uh, sort of feeling and I was like well the best chance of us getting a ticket is, is that one is Bishop Tass and I think actually it's a bit of it's a a bit of a misconception that Besiktas fans are, yeah. the, are the rogue ones. I think if it's Fenerbahce or Galatasaray, it's a bit different. Mm. But the, the flights were pretty cheap. It's three hundred quid flights and accommodation for four days. It was just it was just made sense. It all worked out yeah, fine. And then good. obviously getting a ticket was easy. Um, and that was really the reason. It was just yeah. it was. And then you saw everyone saying, "Oh, we're going to Braga." And then you saw what happened in Braga, say, which was it, a bit of a yeah. I was going to say like if you go off results based, you picked the the best one in, in hindsight and I mean for, oh, for the moment oh, 100% and for the moment at the end and you know like and we, we me and my dad said when we got, we got to the group stage that we do an away day and then Besiktas came up and it's like well that's the best opportunity for us to go and mm. it turned out to be a great yeah. a great week a great game and uh, I mean the, actually the game was terrible but a great <laughs> yeah. last minute I was going to say I don't think people I was, was going to say the game itself was pretty turgid um, but the goal and like bo- bo- Bolly turning, control for bo- that Bolly goal. turning into like a, a, a DDA drug in the box. So like, I got back to the hotel that night. I watched that goal on Twitter about fifteen times. The next day, I lay in bed watching it. But I must watch about a hundred times by the time we got home. And then I got home and watched the whole game again. Well, I, you know, so I fast forwarded the first seventy-five minutes. And to, just to watch that end because it was it was incredible. Ben, like me and and Rich, we watched it on telly. Did you have this sense of? I know we'd had the um, the, the qualifiers beforehand, but this was a real sense of the first proper Europa League. And I always found this weird sense. I was watching it with my dad, and I was thinking, I'm watching Wolves in Turkey. This is bizarre. Like, this is great, but also this is strangely, excitedly weird. <laughs> Do you know what a massive thing for me was? And and it sounds bizarre, but like it was people that don't support Wolves, don't follow Wolves, have no interest in Wolves, started tweeting about that game. And I just saw like, oh, this game's dull. Just from like, whether it was national journalists or people that support, you know, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, they were going, oh, Wolves need to push forward. Wolves need to do this. And I was thinking, Wolves are just in, in a European competition here. And when that goal went in, I never felt it before at any point like Crusaders Yerevan even Torino which was a massive game I didn't have that like Wolves in Europe and when that goal went in I thought Wolves are just like a good Wolves are just a good Wolves have just done a professional European away day they've they've not given away any chances and then they've scored in the last minute I I would disagree on giving away chances because Vida's header was I thought it was in I was was convinced that was in in the ground but yeah but I, th- I get your point I think it was a massive turning point in the season as well because you know what's happened since then obviously the next Sunday we went to Man City and won and before that we'd, we'd, we'd not we'd done been that middling, well, it, it was a really it really gave we'd, beat, we'd beaten Watford the week before and Watford were dog shite if we're going to be honest but I just like, felt we had a bit of an inferiority complex in the yeah, competition it's like, like all of a sudden, once we got into the group like you look at the Braga game and we we were okay. We had a lot of the ball. Didn't really create that much. They beat us, and then to me, it just felt like right. At some point, Wolves going to have to dominate a team that are actually in the Europa League group stages. They were the favourites to win the group. They they obviously didn't show up at any point and ended up finishing 
they finished bottom. I mean, well, the four nil win at Molyneux just showed you that really. But that was just another performance when Wolves are great. Yeah. But when you go, I I always think it might be just like really, like really just like little Englander. If you go away to Turkey in a European competition and win a game, to me that's massive. And that just felt like a turning point. I'm sure sure their record was incredible. It's it's stupid, isn't it? Like, you know... But yeah, it's it's it's, and I think actually reflecting on I know we're going a bit off topic, but reflecting on the season as a whole is you, the way we play football, the way we play against Liverpool, the way we play against Spurs, the way we play against Man United. We could win the Europa League. Quite, I, I've got belief that we could win the Europa League. Look at John Look at John here back on the show since he can set the tone, the topics. Oh, I, don't, I, think this I don't think I don't think there's anything that's stopping us. I know we'll probably go out to Espanyol in the next round, but no, I said it. But I think the way we play football and the way we we take on teams, it's not we're not scared of anyone. Inter Milan, I don't think we'd be scared of them because I think we beat them. And Molyneux and the floodlights is mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. I, I would say that that goal to me just made me feel like maybe we can. I never, I never had that impression at any point. Just because I thought that, because I'm a Wolves fan, so I just presume that we aren't very good. And then the way that we just like managed the game in Europe, scored a last-minute winner, and then you you, you reflect on the game, and you think, right, we just beat the Shiktas one nil away from home, and you think, well, how many teams can do that? And then you think, maybe turns out quite a lot. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, they're quite good now. They're actually yeah, decent. They are actually, they were set. I think they got. They were. They were you second bottom. first, but played. come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you are the journalists. So yeah. Um, yeah, but that was the. To me, that was the first moment where I thought Wolves might actually have a chance at doing something in this. Which is just a frankly ridiculous thing to say because the yeah. fact I started when I started on this podcast when like Wolves were playing Stevenage and Jake Cassidy was not looking very good and. I couldn't quite get over when we were flying out to Istanbul that we were flying to go and watch Wolves play football. It was just... And then we were flying back. We said we can't believe we're flying back having seen Wolves win mm-hmm. 1-0 at Besiktas. Not just go away to... Yeah. I know Torino are a good team, actually. They were, they were pretty... It, it, it was it's weird, because I think it was, cause it was a group game in a way. So, like, those first kind of qualifiers, it's, it's almost like a pre-tournament, isn't it? And, like... Nothing's really on the line. If we'd have gone out to Torino, nothing ventured, nothing gained. You're only three weeks into the season. Just carry on, as it were. But because it was a group game, you're like, well, hang on. If we've lost to Braga, we don't win here. Hang on, that's two losses in a row. You've only got six games to do something here. And like, it was just like, actually, that was the moment. They all clicked and went, hang on, lads. We can manage this situation. We've won in the league now. We've won in Europe. In, in, in the group stages and say so they kind of carried that momentum through the next couple of weeks and beat Man City and you know they they almost found themselves again and I think that's kind of the biggest thing from the game I just think they needed a, they needed a big result mm. and like Torino when they beat Torino away as we keep going back to at the time that felt like a huge result like going to a side like that but then you say right okay we're in the midst of the season we're not doing well because at the time Wolves weren't looking any great shakes really you beat Watford and then you think right well can they actually handle this can they actually handle playing on a Saturday playing on a Thursday playing on a Sunday you beat Besiktas away and the first thing that everyone says because last minute goal the first thing that anyone that doesn't know who Wolves are say 
Wolves just had to play 93 minutes away at the shit task. They're going to get drilled at Man City. And then within 15 minutes, it's like chan at the Etihad, it's like chance after chance after chance. And like Wolves deserved to win that game at the Etihad. And it was like three days after probably the best result in our recent history. And that was the sort of point where you thought, Wolves just might actually just be good. Like, is uh, it, are Wolves just good? I, I, I agree on your point. So I reflect back that you see, on, again, on Wolves' Twitter um, about the best away day. So I don't go to that many away games. I went to we talk about Forest in the Championship. I went to that. That was a great day. But up there, of away days, has got to be Besiktas away. Going to mm. Turkey and winning 1-0. As you said, their, their record was incredible. It's just... <laughs> because, I was there. Yeah, because you don't know... Uh, uh, knowing where we are now whether we'll be in Europe next season when it will be next season so at least you can say you have had that or at least we can say as a fan base we have had that whether you watch it there in person or whether you watch it on the telly we've seen Wolves go to Turkey and beat Vesiktas but even now it's incredible to but see but I think it. that's important as well even if people didn't go even if they just sat in their living room and watched it on telly Wolves fans got to watch a Wolves team beat Besiktas at Besiktas and to me that's something if you had told me that five years ago I would have said I don't think that's going to happen well I was going to say I do remember a couple of fan cast bets about certain players playing in Europe in five years time I never came up erroneous (laughs) I mean I'm wasn't Danny Bath one of them? It was that, Danny yeah, Bath, yeah. Danny Bath, was it? Right, gents, we're, we're going to do the quiz now. John, do you want to stick around for the quiz? I'll stick around for the quiz. Ben, you stick around for the I'm, quiz. I'd like to think so. Rich, I think Stuart's I on the quiz. I think it's true, so I will so slip Stuart's off. Right, so John, you haven't been on the Fancy show, obviously, uh, for off. how many years now? Seven years, Seven years. Six and a half, seven years. So we've got the famous quiz. Um, so you need to get your phone ready because you need to write down your notes. Uh, Stu, you Hello. ready for the quiz? I'm in. Uh, so if you're a regular listener, you know how difficult these quizzes are. I think uh, we're just getting a round in for John from the Fancast Kitty. Uh, yes, a JHB, please. Oh, very it's nice. first time very I've nice. actually been paid for a uh, Fancast appearance. So. <laughs> uh, Plus interest is about 15 this, points. Yeah, <laughs> this is literally a dream come true for me. Just free beers, talking about wolves. I knew it all come at Mailhouse one, one time. <laughs> right, we're going to do the quiz, uh, everybody. Just get your notepad out. Uh, everyone get your notepad out. Is, so this a, is this a Dan quiz? It is a Dan quiz. Oh, God, so, so Dan Instantly can't be with us tonight, so um, thank you very much for Dan. Not just fuck is dead. <laughs> <laughs> can't be with us tonight. So uh, thank you, Dan, as always, for these quizzes. Uh, now, Luke, Luke. Luke might be here later on, John. No pressure at all. But they every are, time they are pretty hard. To uh, be but honest. also, every time a new person comes on, we have to technically count you as a new person. A new person. Um, they always win the quiz. So pressure on you. I'm pre-quiz, so I am a new yeah, person. Yeah. So pressure on you. If you're listening at home, the reflection. So if you're listening at home at WFC Fancast, let us know how you got on on episode 400 of the quiz. Gentlemen, are you ready for the quiz? I'm Everybody, more than ready. I am ready. Here we go. 11 years ago today of recording, the 7th of February, uh, Wolves lost 2-1 away to Coventry thanks to a late penalty yet missed by Ebanks Blake. But what former Wolves player came off the bench for Coventry that day? So we lost at Coventry 2-1 away. Seb missed a penalty. What former Wolves player came off the bench for Coventry that day? I went to this and I kicked the seat when he missed. Uh, as is fan castration, I am locked recall, in. Well yeah, done. John is locked That's in. That's the last bit of pin that you've got. Don't yeah. look at my phone. I've got no clue. I can't, well, 
Oh, Stu oh, has no clue what's Jimmy's going on. He's trying to use the reflection in his head to look at my <laughs> phone into his phone. This is, this is one of the first times where Bald Club has been outnumbered. Yes, it is, yeah. Uh, and I'm, right, glad. I'm going to press you for answers. Stu, are you out of this one? Are you passing? I mean, I did look at your answer. Unless I've it was Robbie Keane. You're going for Robbie Keane, Ben? I've gone for Eastwood. You're going for Eastwood? Ooh, it might be Eastwood, but I've gone for Leon Clark. The answer? Was Freddie Eastwood? So Benjamin takes the lead. Well done, Ben. The no next comment. The next question. That makes sense. I mean, nah, <laughs> I like Freddie Eastwood. Said it a great player. Yeah. Uh, next question. 25th of February 2006. What footballing brothers scored for either side in our 3-2 win away to Hull City? So 2006, 3-2 win away to Hull City. Footballing brothers scored for either side. Who were those brothers? Who were the footballing brothers? 2006. What? Yes. February 2006. 25th of February 2006. That's under Hoddle. I will give you a point for each one. So we don't have to get both. A point for each one. Here we go. If you're enjoying the atmosphere here. Oh, here we go. John thinks what it might be. If you're enjoying the atmosphere that you hear in the background here, it is Litchgate Tavern in Town. It's a great establishment for you, Ailes. Corey's there, isn't it? Well, Boris Johnson was here at one point, wasn't he, in the election campaign trail? Ignore that. Let's not get political. Yeah. Well, wrestling's enough on the phone. I mean, politics is a. Okay, I am locked in. John is locked Probably in. Probably wrong. Are you locked on, in, Ben? You go first. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is you locked in, Stu? Locked in? Oh, again, got absolutely no clue whatsoever. Jonathan. Uh, I think it might be Darren Ward and Elliot Ward. Darren and I Elliot was Ward. I thinking that. I didn't go for it. I went for um, Elliot and Julian Bennett. It's Elliot and Julian Bennett. Uh, well, you don't know yet. It's, it's called a quiz. You have to wait for the answer. <laughs> Stu, you're going to take a step in the door. No the answer was Carl and Leon Court. Oh, that's a good question. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah. In next question, there's a Ben still leads. Leon Court. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Leon Court. Yeah. Next question. I, I actually know that now you've said. Uh, right. Next question. Can you name our last three? Sorry. Can you name our last league goal store scorers of the season for the past three seasons? Again, a point each. The last goal scorer for Wolves of the last three seasons. You'll know this. So we're looking at the, tw- um, the last season, season before. Yeah, so we're looking at the 16, 17, 17, 18, and 18, 19. I will give you a point each for each goal scorer. Any of the things that happened. It's remembering game. This is the problem. It's remembering games from the last 10 years and not. Yeah, so it's 2016, 17, 17, 18, and 18, 19. Who scored the last goal for Wolves in the league in those seasons? A point each for those. Benjamin leads 1 0 0. We do that have Twitter... Co- the promotion season's hard because we did not score in the last two days. Don't give hints away. <laughs> it's called a quiz. Uh, we do have Twitter corner coming up as well, so if you've submitted your question by Twitter, you may get it answered up. the last game um, of last season? I'm going to rush you, Ben. <laughs> okay, I'm locked in. Benjamin, I'm going to rush you here, and I'm going to come to you first. I want you to give all three answers in okay. order of the first season. Okay. I've right. gone to Helder Costa. Yeah. Benicophobe. Yeah. Leander Dendonka. Okay. Stuart. Costa, a phobie, Jota. Costa, a phobie, Jota. Uh, Bod Varson, a phobie, Dendonka. I can tell you. Oh, pipes are coming in. I can tell you that Bart was 16 17. That was against Preston at home. Cody was 17 18. Bolton. Bolton. And 18 19 was Dendonka. So Benjamin with two, John with one, Stuart Neil still. What's going on? You're the quiz king. The curse of this year. Here we go. Next question, everybody. Uh, Am I winning? You're winning two one. Well done. Which which male-led UK group went to number one in the UK music charts the day Daniel Podence was born in October 1995? Sorry. 
Martin. So, which male-led UK group went to number one in the UK? Yeah, in the UK charts, the day that Poe Dents was born in October '95. He doesn't give a week. So the month of October '95, who was number one? Male-led. Male-led. See, is that a hint that there's females in the band? I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going. I'm going to give you a point for the band, and I will give you a bonus point if you give me the song. Hmm. This is a tough Dan quiz once again at WWFC Fancast. That's why it's about 400. Uh, people I mean, locked John's in. John's clearly just locked, John's locked in. Yeah, you are. Okay. Uh, Stu, you locked in. Yeah. Stuart, what are you going for? A1. A1. I've gone for uh, Take That, Want You Back. Take in that. Parenthesis, for good. <laughs> I've uh, gone faithless. God is a DJ. I can tell you, you were all wrong. It was simply red with fairground. I knew it was oh. Mick Hucknall. No, I was going to say that. So why didn't you write it down? Couple of questions left, everybody. Uh, according to transfermarket.co.uk, which striker out these three costs the most? Freddie Eastwood, Frankowski, Zyro. Hold on, as in when we sign them? Yes. So out of those three strikers, who costs the most? Eastwood, Frankowski, Zyro. There's no bonus points on offer for this one. He was. But was he the most expensive piece of the jigsaw? That's what I want to know. I'm locked in. Jonathan's already locked in his fast fingers. Oh, here we go. And Stuart. Yeah. Jonathan, I'm going to come to you first. I've changed. Zyro. Zyro. Bento. Zyro. Zyro. I can tell you the Zyro was the cheapest really? out oh, of those. Is it Frankowski? It was Eastwood. Oh, got Eastwood. It five million? So Eastwood was 2 million. Uh, Frankowski was 1.8 million. And Zyro was 450k. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's the answer. I'm not sure we signed Eastwood for 2 million. No, that's, yeah, not, what, that's not what he signed for. Is that what. Hold on. That's what transfer market market Look, said. I'm going with what he said okay. on at the quiz. LD. I, I mean, I don't know. At Little Man Dan? Yeah. Anyway, more questions. Who cost Wolves the most out of these three players? Miranda, Mia, Onyege. Is it Onyege? Onyange. Onyange. We'll go for no, mine's there. Right. Who cost the most? Miranda, Mia, Onyange. Who cost the most? It's still 2 1 0. Stewie's yet to pick up a point on the quiz. Shock horror. Unbelievable on scenes. Not this season. I think I've won one all season long. Uh, Miranda, Rafa Mia, Onyange. Who cost the most? Um, Benjamin, are you locked in? I've gone for Rafa. You're Rafa going for Rafa Mir, a Stewart. Rafa Mir, 2 million. Rafa Mir. Uh, you gone for the Prince. You're going for the Prince, Dan? 2.25. The answer is. Boderick Miranda was the most expensive out of those three. Shoot, still I'm not. You are absolutely useless. <laughs> the last question, gentlemen. Ben. So you I can only draw. You can only draw now. No pressure. There is no tiebreaker, actually, so I'll have to think of a tiebreaker. Last question. The Lichgate, where the, st- the establishment were here tonight, opened in August 2012. But what... It did, yeah. I mean, that feels like a lie, yeah. based on the decor and <laughs> general aroma. But what lower league sides did Wolves beat in the League Cup that month? August 2012, we played two sides, lower league, in the League Cup. Who did Wolves beat? A point each. This could make the difference to a tie-break. With two we need teams. Two. two. Two teams, a point each, lower league, in that month. Okay, I'm locked John's locked in. I am locked in now. Uh, Stuart, Stuart, we're going to do Twitter corner in a second, everywhere. Stop it! Right, go. Hang on, is Stuart locked in? You can't catch 
you anyway, can't you? No, but he can get a tiebreaker. Yeah, he gets two. Yeah. Uh, Stuart. I've only got the one with the older shot. One with the older shot, but you're going to just... A wild guess? No. no. We, we played him in the League recently because it was weird. Okay. Sure we have. Stuart's conceding a defeat, but we're trying to get a heroic point back. Um, ben? I've gone for Northampton yeah. and Shrewsbury. Northampton Shrewsbury. and Shrewsbury. Yeah, Wait for the answers. I can tell Northampton. I can tell you, Aldershot was one of them. Oh. Well done, Stu. You got a point. The other one was Northampton, which means uh, that Benjamin, clack. you I'm win the quiz. I'm fairly sure Nublai did the clack at uh, Northampton. Sacco, away. Sacco, was that Sacco's first goal? Uh, yeah. 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 So that was the quiz, everybody. Well done, Benjamin. On episode 400, he takes a sweet point of victory. That's my first <laughs> ever quiz win. He wins the quiz, and we are getting to the final bit of the show now. And that is for microphones need to change around. I need Jordan, Andy, and Roy. Roy is right there. Roy, I need you to have a microphone. Okay. Um, I need Jordan back. This is how organised the show is for the last bit. Jordan, come back, sir. Well, I pass that there. Thank you, John. And we need Andy as well. <laughs> this is the organisation here. We've got the last part of the show, everybody. It's time for quick Twitter Corner. You send us your questions on Twitter. We answer them. I'm going to pull up my phone. Dave, you're doing well tonight, by the way. Thank you. This is a long shift you're having. Can I, yeah. can I say, I am desperate for the loop. You must be, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to bring up Twitter Corner here. I'm going to scroll back to the many, I mean, the many questions we've had this week. I mean, well, we've been inundated. 400? I mean, I, I mean, notifications are off the roof for Twitter Corner this week. Uh, so thank you very much if you sent your question in. I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm going back. And we start with um, Zach Rushton24. Your favourite Nuno moment so far? What's your favourite Nuno moment so far? Who are we going to go with? Should I go... Right, what do you go first? Clockwise? I just think Bristol City away. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, while I talk about that, I'm sure there'll be many others, but yeah, I just think that the fact that he was in that director's box. And was it an ex-Bristol City manager that he offended? Yeah. A player, was it? Sorry. <laughs> to, yeah, that, that, that was a moment. Um, there's, there's many more which I'll let the guys cover, but for me, yeah, Bristol City away was just like he was a pure fan in that stand that night. It was incredible, him just screaming at some old man, though, wasn't it? It was yes. brilliant. <laughs> um, for me, it was probably the Leicester 4-3 where he came on the pitch. That, yeah. Because, I mean, I defy anybody who was close who wouldn't have done exactly what he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, it was just brilliant. Anyone for you, Jordan? Oh, absolutely. I, I just think Warnock. Just yeah. <laughs> also yeah. for Warnock than Nuno. Like, Nuno was... Yeah, he ran on the pitch and stuff, and uh, you know, he, he did, I think he reacted how you would react in that situation. I don't think you'd be disrespectful to Warnock, no. and then obviously you got little Warnock going angry like the Hobbit that he started, you know, giving him to <laughs> telling him to f off and all this sort of stuff. I'm respectful because we're in public. F off, not yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know what? That two minutes was just fantastic. Just so so good. <laughs> uh, another question here from Miles HSG says, "Who is the best player in Wolves history, and why is it Romain Sace?" I've grown to adore that man. Yes, I have. Yeah, the more and more I see him yeah. on, on the Twitter and what have you, he's just... It's a shithouse on and off the pitch, and I love him for it. He's kind of carving out a little bit of a reputation, isn't he? I mean, obviously on the pitch he's with his bookings, but just kind of a bit of a character. And I think at the time, 
He was linked with some decent clubs. I'm sure I might well be proven wrong, as I am many times on this. That that was yeah, Navinaki. That that that, that I mean, uh, Welsh centre half. This is a man that uh, Lambert wasn't playing. No, no, he wasn't. He, and infamously, that kind of defined his reign. But I'm sure like Barcelona or other clubs were interested him at the time. Yes. But yeah, it was um, yeah. But no, say, I mean, God, how can you answer that question seriously? I mean. How, how do you define the best player in history? But it remains safe. Let's, let's talk about yeah. safe. It's safe. <laughs> it remains yeah. safe. Uh, another question, Paul Berry, friend of the show. Um, he's gone fancast topic wise here. Just for you three gentlemen, uh, have you got any top three uh, fancast moments during the last 399 episodes? And Luke's here, everybody. Hey, we'll get Luke on in a second. We'll get Luke Thompson <laughs> on in a second as well. So have you got any favourite fancast moments at all? Um, for me personally. The fact when we did the first ever film cast, yep. as someone who failed or didn't fail but didn't see through their film degree, that was incredible. When I got to meet Jack Price, who I absolutely adore, that was great. And when we recorded a podcast in the South Bank, and there was only us few gents, and yes. it was empty, that was class. Roy, you got any personal memories at Very all from your time? For, for me, um, initially, kind of coming on to the uh, the fan cast when I was just a, a mere fan and winning Richard Stearman's boots, that must rank up there. When I, when I came round your house and gave yes. you those boots, yep. Um, I would say, as we referenced in the live show, which is probably still available to listen to uh, and, and, Andrea Butti and the Curtains incident that was amazing um, and also you know on a serious note the mental health podcast was, was fantastic uh, yeah John you've only been here for a brief time but is anything for you <coughs> very all? much a newbie aren't I I was yeah. going to actually reference what Hoops just said there about not that was part of it but the mental health show is absolutely fantastic to listen to and you know, sort of taking, you know, this fan cast is very much about wolves, but there are obviously wider subjects and things. And, you know, to do a show like that or listen to a show like that and be part of a team that's talking about stuff like that, it's great to be a part of. Um, for myself personally, was the team of the decade that we recorded yeah, just around yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Me having an argument with Gully over whether we should pick Dave Edwards or Jerry Matinho <laughs> in the team of the year. And myself, unfortunately, losing. But yeah. you know what? Dave forever. Yep. I think for me, it's still creating worldwide news with Mark Hamill, convincing him, inverted yeah. commas, there's a Wolves fan and my, well, the Twitter stream just blowing up every two <laughs> seconds with comments. But that was fantastic. Just before we get to the last question, Sean, someone uh, signal Luke, Luke Thompson. Yeah. Get Luke around here a second. Uh, Luke Thompson, if you're a long time listener, was on it for uh, quite a while. Handshake. Luke, well, firstly, Luke, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. This, this is lovely, by the way. This is this is, this feels very comfy. <laughs> Luke, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I want w- w- the question we just had from Twitter Corner. His favourite fancast memories, apart from Bolton away, of course, for me and you. Oh god, yeah. Um, is there any ones when you did the show at all? Anything that stood out at all for you? Um, no swearing. No Get, get the well. edit button ready. Okay. One one thing for me which which stood out was when we went to Bradford away. Yeah. That yeah. was a nice memory, wasn't yeah. it? Because we did we were with the Bantam Banters podcast. We got to do like a commentary of the episode. And us just winning was great, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But just the whole day, just being with you, Dave. Well, you know. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was a great drive there and back, wasn't I, it? I remember the drive back, you know, uh, driving over the Yorkshire Dale. <laughs> and, and just seeing the sunset. You know, <laughs> just me and you in your course then, wasn't it? But, no, you were driving. Oh, you were driving, yeah. <laughs> no, did he have your course? Did he have any sweets for the journey? I'd imagine he'd be a good sweet friend. Did he have no, any no, one? No, Luke, Luke, Luke drove. Luke oh, drove. You drove I sorry, I believe okay. so. Yeah. Did and you supply anything? For the, no, the, he no? supplied nothing. No, nothing. Really? It was a, a dry journey. 
Wow. But no, it was a really good day. Yeah, it was good. It was a good day. A new ground for me as well. I've never been yeah. to a rally parade. Um, you calling the substitution, which changed the game. I remember that. I kept saying, oh, can you bring Kevin Doyle on? Two seconds yeah, later, yeah, Doyle yeah, comes yeah. on. Thanks, Kenny. Yeah. Nice, Kenny. Yeah. But um, when we went to the um, the blogging awards up in Manchester as but well. But the award we won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd never been mentioned before, though, has <laughs> Oh, I'm not into <laughs> that. So, um, that was a good... But just... It was, it was good just getting together and just talking about the walls through yeah. the highs and the lows and you know it, now you get a lot of oh you've only been you only support them now because I'm good but we've actually got audio evidence that we supported them when they were absolutely <laughs> terrible yeah. and that's something t- people can never take away from us so that's good thank you very much for listening everybody thank you very much for listening not just for today for all the episodes beforehand we're going to carry on whether you like it or not 400 and beyond um, if you've been a listener just for today or you've been listening for the last few weeks or years thank you very much we all appreciate it we're John thank you very much for everybody we're all going to have some drinks now to celebrate and from well me, done Dave and from everybody else goodbye everybody bye goodbye Bye-bye. ciao